You think the copyright bot thing will catch me for that? I don't know. We're going to find out. Hi, I'm Bjorn Ginkelback, and this is The Link Podcast. And if you don't know the song Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, I can't help you. Well, I can't help you. You can go Google it. But the thing is, thunder doesn't only happen when it's raining. How? Like, am I missing something here? Was that supposed to be deep? Because, uh, there's thunder when it's not raining. Stevie Nicks didn't go to meteorology school, obviously. Gonna have to have a weather person on the podcast to help us with this one. Unpack it all. It's a possibility. Not gonna lie to you. I just got done watching UConn basketball lose a heartbreaking game in overtime, so if I seem frazzled more than I already am, then I am. Tough break. I love that team. Not gonna do a whole sports thing, because I got my own sports show, which you'll hear about about halfway through this episode. But I feel so much more connected to UConn basketball than I do any of the pro teams that I love. I guess because I gave them hundreds of thousands of dollars to go there, or at least the bank did, which sounds absolutely disgusting to say out loud, because it is. But I feel like I'm part of the thing. The Yankees don't really care. As long as they get my money for the tickets, they don't care about me. The Knicks might care. Bing bong. Anyway, I got a good transition. You guys ready for this? UConn basketball's schedule has changed a lot because of COVID. They missed like two full weeks. Games got postponed. They had people in and out of the lineup. So this was their first game back. I was excited to watch it. Now I'm upset. And my schedule, perfect transition, has changed immensely because I started a new job this week that I'm on the tail end of the first week. And it's a weird thing to adjust to. It's such a life difference. I am enjoying myself, but it's crazy how much someone can just pay you to take up like the large majority of your whole entire life. This is honestly the first time I've had a job where I have weekends pretty much off, normal nine to five ish kind of gig. And I never really thought I was cut out for it. And now for the first time, I'm really feeling like, oh, working for the weekend is a thing. Friday was pretty hype. And everyone's listening like, yeah, man, <laughs> we know, we know. But the schedule change has made it interesting. Transition's not done, by the way. This is perfect. Get ready. The schedule change caused me and my guest for this week, who I was supposed to have, to get all thrown off. So that one's going to be pushed back to next week. I got a guest next week and the week after, so get excited if you like those kind of episodes. But some people like these kind of episodes, which are just completely nonsensical. I got nothing planned. I'm turning the mic on. We're going to talk about some stuff. I'm probably going to make some silly jokes. Some of them will land. Some of them definitely, definitely won't. But that's where we edit in the applause. It makes me feel better. It makes you feel... Well, I'll never know how you feel if you don't comment it at the link underscore podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Pump it up. Share it. Tell your friends. Call your mom and say, you know who I have a crush on? Tom Hardy. And then your mom's like, yeah, he's gorgeous and a great actor. And you're like, yeah, he was so good in Peaky Blinders. I couldn't believe it. And then you tell your mom, hey, I listened to this new podcast, by the way, with that kid, Mike. Kid. Who am I kidding? And she goes, I don't know how to, I don't know what a podcast is. She's got a really deep voice, by the way. And that's okay. It's 2022. We don't judge. And you explain to her what it is. And then the conversation goes on a little bit too long and you're like, all right, I shouldn't have even tried. And then you're like, should I try to teach her how to do it so she can listen to it? And then it's three hours of forgot password buttons and you just can't. I get it. It's hard. But tell her anyway. And tell her I said hi. Now let's get into the good stuff. You know what? Players don't only love you when they're playing. It's nonsense. Players gonna play, and haters, they gonna hate. And don't hate the player, hate the game. That's what I'm talking about. Well, if that isn't the title of the episode, then I just don't know what is. So yeah, I'm trying to get accustomed to this new job, and all throughout the week, my desk has been taken over by equipment. I had three keyboards and two mice at one point, going across two different computers, 
I have a ton of wires. I haven't found out how to hide them. It's giving me anxiety. Most people have anxiety about the actual job. Mine is the wires that come with the hardware for the job. Still counts. Also, I've had to do a lot of video calls this week because I'm working remotely, which is fine, and I enjoy it. But I still have my Christmas lights up behind me because it looks nice on camera. But now it's like, all right, we're into January now. You gonna take the uh, Christmas lights down or... But I think they're festive. What's wrong with the fun lights? Why do they gotta be Christmassy? They come in all different colors. But I didn't want to make a bad impression, so I put the blur on the background of my video call. Genius. Still get the lights. A little bit blurred. Doesn't look as Christmassy. Still fun. It's like Christmas lights after three vodka sodas. Do people drink that? I don't know. I got two interesting comments. One said, it looks like I have a disco ball behind me. Which I'm like, wow, I should buy a disco ball. Because who's got that? That injects fun right into the room. You don't walk into a room with a disco ball and go, ugh, this is going to be the worst. The other person said it looked like I was in a spaceship, which I am down for. Talk about work remotely. Get a nice view of the Earth, fire up the laptop, all the desk space I could want because everything floats. I think we're onto something here. Speaking of looking at the Earth, I watched the movie Don't Look Up on Netflix. I really, really like this movie. And just to explain the transition I just nailed for the people that haven't seen it, it's about a comet coming to hit the Earth. And so there was some space relation there. It made sense. It's directed by Adam McKay who has done a million amazing things. Producer on Secession, did the movie Vice with Christian Bale. He's done a lot of comedies, Anchorman, Eastbound and Down, The Other Guys, The Big Short. Adam McKay's awesome. And this movie just felt like another one of his cool movies. It has Leo in it. It has Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi. The list goes on and on. And yet all I hear from people is like, eh, good, not great. You got a perfect director who has such a specific style to him. You got an all-star cast and you have an interesting plot and it works out fun and good. What's the problem? I feel like it's impossible to please people sometimes now. Like we've pushed the ceiling of what TV and movies can be so high, which is great, that anything that's an eight out of 10 is like, eh, we get that all the time. Meanwhile, like this was an awesome movie. I really think this one's going to age really gracefully. We're going to look back in 20 years and be like, wow, this is a classic, actually, because so much of it is really close to home. There's a president who is polarizing, played by Meryl Streep, and then her son is her chief of staff, played by Jonah Hill, and he's basically Donald Trump Jr., so he's just off the deep end insane. And you're like, all right, this is a little overacted, right? But then you think about real life, and you're like, oh, shit, I probably wouldn't believe that either if it was really happening. And it is. So it's very close to home with some of that stuff, and it's it, it's beating you over the head with it a little bit. But that's the whole point of the movie. On the poster, it literally says, quote-unquote, based on truly possible events. So it's definitely a commentary. Also, when people say quote-unquote, you're closing the quote before you say the quote. Shouldn't it be like, quote, my podcast is great, unquote. Huh. But since when did people take a movie that's good with an all-star cast that's well-directed and just try so hard to find a way to shit on it? I feel like that's what people are doing. And it's a trend that I really just don't enjoy. There aren't a lot of movies that I don't... I'm not going to say there's not a lot of movies that I don't like, because I probably just don't watch those movies. And I have a real sense for my own tastes at this point, I guess. But I'm not a big hater of things. I give a lot of recommendations. I don't give a lot of I hated this kind of stuff, maybe once or twice. But it feels like so many people want to just tear things down or find ways to poke holes in it. And it just annoys me. Just take it for what it is. Imagine in 1985, you had a movie directed by Martin Scorsese that had Michael J. Fox and Tom Cruise and Sigourney Weaver and Meryl Streep is still in this one somehow. And Michelle Pfeiffer and David Bowie. 
Yeah, I googled best actors 1980s. What of it? Bill Murray, Emilio Estevez, Eddie Murray. Eddie Murray was on the Baltimore Orioles. I meant Eddie Murphy, but you know, you gotta just roll with the punches and you leave the misses in because then it shows the power of the editing. It's funny stuff. It's a stacked cast. And then it comes out pretty good and people are like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. But now, when it happens, people just gotta find a reason why something else is better. I don't like that attitude. So anyway, Netflix, don't look up. I really enjoyed it. There's your recommendation for the episode. Doesn't have to go in the outro. We make the rules here. And then we break them, because I got another thing to recommend. First of all, with the new job and the schedule changing and blah blah blah, I've had noticeably less time for TV and movies, and I have a long list of things. I like to watch everything. I got the Oscar pre-nomination list going already. Gotta have that ready for my episode with TJ, which will be coming. I know everyone's waiting for it. We're almost at the Oscars, couple months. But I just gotta be picky and choosy with what I'm gonna use my time for. And somehow, unexpectedly, Yellowstone on Peacock, or I think it's on Paramount on TV, has really hooked me. Kevin Costner stars another good cast. This one's created by Taylor Sheridan, also very popular. Used to be more of an actor, now more of a writer, still an actor, actually stars in this show at some points. Well, not stars, but he's in it. But writes a lot of stuff. Hell or High Water, Wind River, Sicario, Mayor of Kingstown, which is apparently really popular. I gotta put that on my list. Hold on, I'm gonna go write it down. All right, thank God for editing. I had a pencil in my hand, but then I had a pencil over there waiting for me by the list of things I need to watch, which I keep by my bed, because then I forget what I need to watch, and then I turn on Netflix, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch this. And then I'm like, ah, crap, I have that whole list of things. Anyway, Yellowstone is cool, but I have a weird viewpoint on it. I wish they would do less plot, which I think actually is a compliment to the show. Because it looks really beautiful, it finds a way to put you in Montana onto this beautiful ranch, appreciate the outdoors, appreciate the nature, etc. And it just makes me want to be a cowboy. Now I'll say, and if you follow the Instagram at the link underscore podcast, you know I got a cowboy hat. I wear it and I pull it off. So deep down, I kind of do want to be a cowboy. So maybe that's when there's this weird plot about all these characters intertwining with these characters. I'm like, eh, just let them ride the horse, you know? But it's a show that keeps me coming back. I keep binging it. It's like I said in the episode with the top five things from 2021. Is it better that you really like a thing right away and then don't go back to it? Or is it better to have something that you think maybe you don't like as much, but then it just grips you and you keep watching it or listening to it? It's weird how that works. It's like, does that mean I do like it or I don't? And it begs the question, have we or have I developed my senses so much that I'm too aware of them and I think I'll only like certain things, but then when I actually watch other stuff, I like it more? Oh, we're going down rabbit holes today. I don't know if I'm ever going to find my way out of that one, but there's been no ZZ Top Lagrange in this yet, and it is killing me. I keep waiting for a montage scene with all the cowboys riding out of the barn, ZZ Top's on, you know? It would be great. Someone get Adam McKay on the horn. I got ideas for him. Is he gonna have to be the secret code word? Am I just doing secret code words now so everybody will tag the people I hope get on the podcast? It's possible. Anyway, I've been stuck on those things this week. The good news is, I have a great way to tell you about it. And we're doing it right now. But you know, without a certain thing, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Hey Mike, can you tell me about that? Oh wait, no. Hey Bjorn, can you tell me about that? Yeah, sure. That's my Bjorn impression. I don't know. Ha ha ha. This episode is hilarious, or, wow, this episode is interesting. Plug in whichever one is appropriate for this one. But either way, if you like the sound of my voice, and I know you do, and you like sports, check out the Mike the Mush Sports Show. 
That's a lot of those. Maybe we'll have to work on that. Either way, go to Mike the Mush on YouTube. I'm on there at least once a week, maybe a couple times a week, talking sports, breaking it all down live. So you don't have the fun edits on there, but you do have a stream of consciousness that you cannot match. I assure you, you never know what's going to come out. And the fun part about the live situation is that you can join in, you can chat with me while we are recording, and send us down some really fun rabbit holes. I could find myself googling the box score for 1991's NBA Finals. Vladi Divac was on the Lakers during that. With Magic Johnson, who knew? Lost to Jordan, obviously. Horace Grant had some good games. Great goggles. Anyway, subscribe to Mike the Mush on YouTube. Click the like button, it helps the algorithm. We're moving up in the world. Leave a comment, join the chat, tell me I know nothing about sports, and let's argue about it on the air. Thunder only happens in a snowstorm. Snow stinks. I'm not into snow. I'm not a snow guy. It looks pretty when it's falling. That's fine. And then I want it gone. Once it's on the ground for more than a couple hours, it starts to get dirty, it starts to get slushy, it's kind of disgusting. It's never as pretty as you think it's gonna be, except for when it's initially falling, and then I'm out. We need to develop, like, a gigantic hairdryer, and just point that at the snow and melt it away. That's the invention we should be working on. It's 2022. We're still shoveling. Aliens are gonna come back soon and be like, you're still shoveling. I knew we should've waited 50 years. I don't know why my aliens sound like a discount Rodney Dangerfield, but here we are. Snow's not really for me. But why doesn't thunder happen during a snowstorm? I feel like it doesn't. Is Stevie Nicks talking me back onto her side? That would be cool if there was a storm, a thunderstorm, where it was cold enough that it would snow during it. Does that happen and I'm just stupid? If it does, comment at the link underscore podcast, let me know. We'll have you on, we'll pretend you're a meteorologist, we'll do a whole episode. It's gonna be great. Snow's just so overrated. I'm not a skier or snowboarder because I just need to be in the snow. If you had that without the snow, well, that's skateboarding and I don't do that either. Huh. How about that? I don't do snow angels. Why am I covering myself in the cold snow? Snowman is cool, but that's gotta be canceled in 2022. Snow person. Those are fun. They can't be too fat. It's offensive. Can't be too skinny. It's offensive. Is there a market for a snow person dietitian that judges exactly how plump the snow person is? Actually, maybe there's just a, like a, a Marvel-level god who comes down and their job and power is to judge snow people. And they're constantly made fun of for being like the worst superhero ever. Someone's gotta be a terrible superhero. They can't all be awesome. They can't all be Avengers. What if it was like Storm from X-Men, but just for snow and it doesn't even snow that hard? Thor is decorating for Christmas. He's like, can we go get Mike? Well, that's a terrible hero name. We can't do that. Can't be Snowman. How about Flaky? That sounds like a reindeer, but that's definitely what the name is. So Thor's hanging up stockings, got a big old glass of mead. He's like, someone go get Flaky. Everyone's like, ugh. But Flaky's pumped. The one time can use his powers for good. And then there'll be a whole arc where the only thing that a villain is weak to is slowly falling snow. They have no patience. That's the weakness of the villain. And Flaky comes in, saves the day, exploits the lack of patience. The snow falls slower than ever. You can almost see it stopping midair. What a comic that would be. Flaky and the adventures of the Snow Angels. How about it? Redemption arc for Flaky. Would you rather be Flaky in real life and have the power to make snow fall or have never seen snow before? Now, never having seen snow before does sound kind of sad but I don't think you're missing that much. If you are flaky though, you're gonna take a lot of heat. Pun intended, but you can't take heat because you're flaky. You're weak to fire like a Pokemon. But you're gonna get made fun of constantly. 
Social media is going to be ruthless. You'll have a lot of followers, but everyone's going to rag on Flaky. Or does it become like Flaky is the unsung hero that everyone wants to get behind? Like the crappy player on the end of a bench on a baseball team that comes in and gets a pinch hit and you're like, ah, look at that. How could you hate this guy? Maybe that's Flaky. Sounds like a movie idea. Every other superhero movie gets made, and I like them all. Why not this? So far I got ideas for Adam McKay and Stan Lee. We're gonna bring him back. He's faking his death in Tahiti with Tupac, I know it. And his big comeback is gonna be working with me for Flaky and the Snow Angels. This podcast really ended up great. Speaking of would you rather questions, I did get a would you rather book from one of our guests, Jess Vitolo. She was on during the Streak of Christmas episodes. If you missed that, definitely go back to it. And we should probably read some of these would you rathers. Let's just flip to a random page and see what happens. Would you rather research plants in the Amazon rainforest or rock formations in the Grand Canyon? Ooh, I mean, you go rainforest. You ever been to the cafe? Hell of a place. Plus then you befriend a tiger. Name it Raja. Oh, that's Aladdin. What's the Jungle Book? Shere Khan? Or is that Mortal Kombat? Or is that Shao Khan? I don't know. Point is, you pick rainforest. Why is it rainforest? I think of it more as a jungle, but rain jungle doesn't sound that good. And also, why are lions the king of the jungle? Lions don't live in the jungle, they live in the plains. Tigers are the king of the jungle. And tigers should be the king of the rainforest. Tiger King. Right back to Netflix. It all comes full circle, folks. Let's try another one. Would you rather accidentally set a science lab on fire during an experiment, or get a dangerous chemical in your eye? That one is incredibly easy. You choose the dangerous chemical in your eye. I've seen every superhero origin story. You fall into a vat of acid, you become the Joker. You become Harley Quinn. Spider bites you, you beat Macho Man Randy Savage in a cage match. Get a dangerous chemical in your eye, become Neon Boy. With the power to bring light to everyone. How about that? Would you rather play Fortnite against the Queen of England or Among Us against the Prime Minister of Canada? Here's a funny thing. My niece Julia has one of those Pop'em toys, which are great. It's like bubble wrap, but reusable. And she has a gigantic one, or should I say a humongous one, of the Among Us character. And on Christmas, we were calling it Amongus. Amongus, humongous. Let's call the whole thing off. Prime Minister of Canada, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't imagine the Queen of England is going to be very good at Fortnite, but I would get to hang out with her corgis. That would be nice. Is there any doubt the person that wrote this is from Canada? I mean, why would you compare the Queen of England to the Prime Minister of Canada? That's such a random choice. I see through this. I know what you're trying to get me to do. Trying to get me to pump up Canada on the podcast. They must have known. Would you rather get a private tour of the set of your favorite television show or have a five-minute conversation with your favorite actor? That one's easy. Obviously, I pick my favorite actor. And right when we're about to finish the first five minutes, yeah, I said first five minutes, I got a plan here. I say, Dwayne, my third wish is for another 55 minutes of conversation with us. And he goes, I'm not a genie, man. You don't get wishes. This was just a five-minute would-you-rather reward. I say, I don't know, Dwayne. Pretty sure in the fine print it said I got three wishes. And he's like, man, what are you talking about? I threatened to take him to court. We wrestle a little bit. I hit up his lawyers. We got to go to court. What happens? Maybe I lose, but we have to interact a bunch in court. And you know what I got? More than five minutes together. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to record all of it. And it's all going on the podcast. So who's winning now? Should have just gave me the third wish. Outsmarted the rock. Sometimes you just got to pat yourself on the back. Would you rather be an interior designer or a film director? All right. I mean, interior designer sounds like a really cool job. I'm sure everyone has it and loves it and you're great and I love you. But if you choose an interior designer over film director, what are we doing here? Is the writer of this book a former interior designer pumping up all their friends? I got a lot of questions for the person that wrote this Would You Rather book, which by the way is Lindsay Daly at Lindsay Daly 10 on Twitter. 
We're gonna have to send her this. And by the way, she lives with her dog Teddy in New Jersey. Not Canada. Thrown off by that one. So we're gonna have to reach out to Lindsay Daily 10 see if she's willing to do the podcast. We can do Would You Rathers together. And on the ad breaks, we can pitch an idea for a movie that she will direct about an interior designer. How about that? And Teddy can get producer credit. Now we're rolling. Lindsay with a Y stood in front of her bay window looking out into her New Jersey backyard. Her student social studies homework would have to wait. It was time for her second job, the one that meant everything. She stared at the squares on the window, sweating. Which one to pick? Bone ivory or eggshell? The foyer couldn't wait. The paint job needed to be done. Her brain, so scrambled by the decision, she could barely hear Teddy barking in the background. But this summer, there's only one choice left to make. Blake Lively stars in The Swatches. Coming to a theater near you. Free popcorn the size of your head with every ticket purchased. Don't bring your own snacks, but really you can. But we just have to say that so the lawyers are happy. Please don't sue us. Loud in the keys! Some facts you may not know about Fleetwood Mac's song Dreams. It was written by Stevie Nicks in about 10 minutes on Sly Stone's bed. First of all, Sly Stone is a boss. Dance to the music! I want to take you higher, family affair. Sly and the Family Stone. And he landed Stevie Nicks? What a duo. Apparently Stevie wrote the song as an answer to Lindsey Buckingham's Go Your Own Way, and they were getting divorced at the time. So she divorces a dude in the band, goes and hangs out with Sly Stone, writes a boss song on the bed? Whew. Family affair indeed. I feel like it's crazy that I didn't know that. Stuff was just easier to hide back then before cell phones and media 24-7. Imagine all the insane stories that were just lost because they weren't captured back then. Speaking of which, someone told me recently that I text too much, and I legitimately said, well if you think that, you should hear my podcast. And I meant it. This episode pretty much nails that on its head. I'll just keep talking until you stop me. But why apologize for who we are? Sometimes I do apologize, and I think it's probably just a silly habit. If you're trying to act a certain way, what's the point? It's too much effort. Even if you screw it up, you just gotta be who you are. I had an interaction with someone legitimately 10 minutes ago. Ordered some pizza, one slice of meatball, one Sicilian, and a chicken roll. I'm going big. What of it? Guy comes to the door. I say, hey, how you doing? Because I'm a talkative guy. Want to know how his day is. And he goes, thanks. I'm like, wait, that's not, that's not how that works. But I feel like we all have interactions with someone and you just speak without actually hearing what they said. Hey, what's up? Good. Uh, alright. Does everyone just have those moments replay in their head nonstop, or is that just me? It's like a fun defect of being a human being. Or maybe I'm just an idiot. Speaking of being an idiot, I watch a lot of movies. I like to think I know a lot about the whole industry. And yet, Sidney Poitier passed away this week. First of all, I thought it was Poitier. I thought there was an R in there. So that's on me. I don't think I've ever seen any of his work. First black actor nominated for an Academy Award for The Defiant Ones in 1958, wins the Academy Award for Lilies of the Field in 1963, is in a famous movie called In the Heat of the Night. I don't know. I've just never gone back and watched. And as I scroll through his movies, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Guess who's coming to dinner? Raisin in the Sun. Read the book. Maybe I gotta binge some of these. It's from Cat Island in the Bahamas. I've been there. Oh, actually, I have seen one of his movies, The Jackal, Bruce Willis and Richard Gere. I forgot he was in that. Way later in his career, though. Still counts. Huge fan. There's so much stuff out there. How do you keep track of it all? And I feel guilty for not having seen the old stuff, but then I fall behind on the new stuff. There's no way to do both. So here I am watching another episode of Cowboys Wrangling. That problem's only ever going to get worse, too. Like, there's more and more streaming services. There's more and more channels. There's more and more websites. There's more and more podcasts. This is the best one, of course, but still, it's never going to go away. You just got to learn to be okay with not having seen a lot of the stuff. And I am not okay with it.
I'm jealous of all the people that just don't care. And I'm like, hey, have you seen Django 2, The Big Adventure? And they're like, nah, man, I don't even know what that is. I kind of want to be like that, but if someone told me that, I'm like, whoa, what am I missing? Is everyone talking about it? Does it have a cool ending? Who directs? I gotta know. I want to be in the mix. I'm too curious. Like a cat. And by the way, why did Curiosity kill the cat? And is there a chance that there's a movie to be written about a cat murderer named Curiosity? But you only figure it out at the end, even though it's in the title, and you're like, ah, I really should have known that. Spoiler alert, they're not a cat murderer, because you can't market that kind of movie. They're a cat kidnapper, yes, but they love the cats, and they find their house eventually, and it's just a playland for cats. Sounds like a hit to me. But like my grandpa always said, when you start talking about catnappers, it's time to hit the hay. Don't matter how many hay bales, sleigh bales, or Kristen bales. You only need one of those. I can be mad that it's frozen out there, but sometimes I just gotta let it go. This episode's gonna be short and sweet, and I was gonna make a joke about how something was long and sour, but that doesn't sound great. How about long and savory? That's better. In any case, we can't leave without doing the secret code word for the people that listened all the way to the end. Lucky for you, it wasn't that long this time, but you had to listen through a lot of nonsense. I want you to post this at the link underscore podcast. You could reply to a tweet. You could put it in the comments of an Instagram post. You could write in the story replies. The point is, everyone's gonna see it and they're gonna go, well, what do they know that we don't know? They're gonna tell their friends, they're gonna tell their mom, they're gonna do the Tom Hardy story, etc. Anyway, this week, the secret code word is going to be library. Why is it library? Well, I have a really good, hilarious, honestly hilarious story about it. Laughed out loud when I heard it. Still wanna laugh out loud right now, but I can't tell it. You know why? I gotta tease it. I gotta have you come back next week. We have a guest. I promise you I will kick off that episode with this story. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, I would love if you would follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere. Five-star reviews would be fantastic. Four-star reviews, I won't disown you. Three-star reviews, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Two-star reviews, no one has ever given. Literally, no one has ever done a two-star review for anything. What's the point? You're either going zero or one if they're truly terrible. And you're probably going five or four. A three-star review is probably a misclick. And a two-star review, you are an alien. That's how we tell who the aliens are. If they're among us, they're given two-star reviews. And you can do those reviews on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on all the things, yada yada. How do you spell yada yada? Is it Y-A-D-E-Y-A-D-A? Because that's ridiculous. To me, it's two yadas. Y-A-D-D-A space Y-A-D-D-A. It's like the Flintstones with yabba dabba do. Actually, that would be the opposite, wouldn't it? Because I don't think yabba dabba is two different words. It's not Y-A-B-B-A space D-A-B-B-A space D-O-O. It's Y-A-B-A-D-A-B-A-D-O. Yabba dabba do. So maybe it is Y-A-D-E-Y-A-D-A, right? No? Spelling is so hard. Those kids in the B really know what they're doing. And how does getting it in a sentence help you with the spelling? I never understood that. Are they just trying to get them to slip and pronounce it differently? Is it all a ploy? And have any of those kids that have won the spelling bee gone on to do anything cool? First spelling bee was in 1925. Frank Neuhauser won in Louisville, Kentucky. Good for him. 1936, Gene Trowbridge won by spelling eczema. That's a tough one. E-C-Z-E-M-A. Could easily throw an X in there. Throw a D-M before it. Where the hood at? Oh, man, 1965, Michael Kirpan Jr. in Tulsa, Oklahoma also won on the word eczema. Wait a minute. Is there some conspiracy here? Or maybe the Spelling Bee champions can go back and watch film and learn from the past people? Do they reuse this many words? There's a lot of words. I don't know. This investigation is going to have to wait till next week. And if you got this far, I love you. Always have.